Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So, Samantha, I know we've talked about Britney Spears before. Uh, do you have a favorite Britney Spears song? Oh, I have so many. I have so it's many. Hard. Yeah. But I really, uh, I'm a slave for you, I think was such a big transition for mm-hmm. her that mm-hmm. I love that video because I feel like, and not just video, but the song, but I feel like that was a song for her to be able to express herself as well Mm -hmm. as her dance skills. Like, she's been able to dance. Like, that's one of the biggest things about her. She's an entertainer. And when it comes to dance, she's on point. And I feel like that one was really able to showcase all of her dance skills because when you see it translated with other people trying to do it, the difficulty Mm -hmm. level is pretty high up there. So, uh, not to be technical, but obviously (laughs) I'm being technical. I think that's probably my favorite because I feel like that was the beginning of our transition. Unfortunately, that was also the like I said, beginning of everybody really honing in on her and sexu- yeah. beyond sexualizing, but uh, literally ripping her apart for becoming a mature adult. So, right. but I do love that transition because it felt mm-hmm. like I think we we're pretty close in age, actually, Britney Spears and I. So it felt. Uh, first of all, no, there was a lot of parts that I'm like, man, I wish I could be that. Uh huh. Meaning like her body, her dance moves, her sure. not necessarily her fame, but at least her like being loved as she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it felt a little on track. But at the same time, like I could understand that development of like wanting to be sexy. Mm-hmm. I also just want to know those dance moves. Sure. Obviously. Oh, yeah. I think that's a great answer. Technicality. Uh, <laughs> I There are so many... It's hard to choose, and depending on like the mood and evening, that my answer would change. But I did want to talk about specifically when I was in middle school, my favorite Britney Spears song was Lucky, because I it kind of had like this, I was a very angsty, you know, like sad teen and uh, still <laughs> today. And <laughs> I, uh, I, I really loved it. And I feel like a lot of people have been re-examining that song lately. Because the lyrics are basically like, oh, she's so lucky she's a star, but she's crying from this broken heart. And as all of this stuff has come out uh, through these documentaries and the Free Britney movement, which I'm still like, wow, Free Britney movement is a thing that we're talking about. Um, and and this conservatorship, which is what we're talking about today, that it feels like maybe there was more going on in that song. <laughs> right, right. I think you're yeah. right. Like... Though she didn't write these songs, she may have connected really closely with that song. Right. So, did you want to put a date on this? Because this is kind of happening. As we as we are recording it, it is July 1st, 2021. And today we are talking about women and conservatorships. We are going to be talking about Britney Spears because that is probably the reason a lot of us have ever heard of it, including me because she has been in the news about about her situation and fighting to get free of it, or at least uh, free of her father's part in it. So we're not going to go into too much detail, because it's a very complicated situation. We're going to be focusing on the main details. But uh, we did want to talk about it, because it does, as it turns out, as with a lot of things, disproportionately impact women in a lot of cases. So yeah, as she has started speaking out about it, it was the focus of Finding Britney, the documentary. More details have come out about her whole situation in her testimony, Britney Spears' testimony that she gave. And a lot of these details were disturbing and upsetting. Her father, Jamie Spears, who controls the conservatorship, 
And the management team controlled things like the color of her cabinets, who she dated, uh, prevented her from going to a doctor to remove an IUD that she wanted to remove so she could have more kids, uh, once forced her to perform with a 104-degree fever, and on a separate occasion, forced her to take lithium against her will. Um, Not only that, she's having to pay for the lawyers arguing against her in court. And from what I, I understand, she didn't get to choose the lawyers that are representing her. She opened up about the negative impact the situation has had on her life, including depression, difficulty sleeping. Um, And she's called the conservatorship abusive. And experts examining this situation agree that it is an instance of domestic abuse. She said that she hadn't been open about it before because she was embarrassed that it happened to her. A judge ended up denying her request to remove her father from her conservatorship as of the day before we recorded this. So... Yeah, when I first was researching it, it was still up in the air, but that's how it turned out. Right. So let's start at the beginning. What is a conservatorship? From Investopia, it is, quote, conservatorship is a legal status to which a court appoints a person to manage an incapacitated or incompetent individual's or minor's financial affairs. Such a person may also serve as a guardian who is responsible for establishing and monitoring the physical care of the individual and managing their living arrangements. In some states, such as California, which is where this is occurring, both roles are called conservatorships, with the guardian role termed conservator of the person and the financial role called the conservator of the estate. These are two ways to establish a conservatorship for individuals and for organizations or corporations. It's usually considered a last resort, and ending them is difficult, as we are witnessing. So in California, specifically, it's defined this way, quote, a court case where a judge appoints a responsible person or organization called the conservator, obviously, to care for another adult called the conservatee who cannot care for himself or herself or manage his or her own finances. When it comes to individuals, which is what we're talking about today, uh, courts usually uphold conservatorships for minors or for adults who are mentally or physically disabled, people who are deemed by a professional as unable to make financial, legal, or medical decisions for themselves. In the case of a minor, the conservatorship typically comes to an end when they reach 18. People can sue to end their conservatorship if they don't think it's needed, which is what Britney Spears is doing. About 1.3 million Americans are under a conservatorship or something similar. Right. So from what I do understand, she hasn't petitioned to end it, however, yet. Yet. She's asking that her father be removed. So a little different. So her conservatorship grants her father, Jamie Spears, control over her person and her estate, an estimated $60 million. This was formed in 2008 because of some mental health crisis Brittany was experiencing at the time. And worth noting, she was back to work a few months later. She constantly works. Um, And this allows her father to control and negotiate business opportunities. In 2019, a court-appointed professional named Jody Montgomery has served as a temporary conservator over Brittany's personal affairs. Ideally, the conservator should be someone the conservatee is okay with. And there's a lot more to the story, but this is essentially what's gone down. Yeah, and I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but to me, it seems like she's making money and doing okay. But on top of that, we talked about the impossible standards we place on mothers, but add celebrity and always being watched to that. And it's just a whole nother level because we've all seen those stories of especially 
yeah, years back where people were very picking apart her uh, skills as a mother. Also, her dad, Jamie Spears, has shown some real serious issues himself in the past. So it's kind of, that's the part that keeps getting me is like, I, I know I don't know the whole thing, but he doesn't seem like the good fit. Right. He, him, yeah, he doesn't, he has issues of his own. <laughs> right. And he so apparently sure. has no contact with her kids. Like, they yeah. have that in place. So there has to be a reason for that, whether he's uh, causing drama within the family and or whatever. But the, if a court granted a no contact order, yeah. that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, <laughs> and Spears' case is by no means the norm uh, because of celebrity. And it also is just slightly outside of what usually happens, but it has highlighted some real issues at large, um, with some comparing how Kanye West has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, just like Spears, and Amanda Bynes, but Kanye West was not put under a conservatorship while Spears and Bynes were, and both of them are trying to get out of it. Many have claimed this would have never happened to a male star, that while men are assumed to be competent, women constantly have to prove they aren't incompetent and that they aren't emotional, that we don't need someone, usually a man, to manage us. As we've watched this play out, experts and activists have been vocal about how this is often used and abused, specifically against women and people who have a disability. I know the disabled community has come out in large and talking about this is shining some lights, but we need to talk about it in a bigger capacity right? because there's so many implications to this. And again, it does. It is bringing out the stigma that they can't take care of themselves or care for themselves or make decisions for themselves. And yeah, and also I know a lot of reproductive justice activists are very upset about the IUD because just as much as we have the right to choose not to have children, we have the right to choose to have children. Mm -hmm. And she's very capable uh, from what We've talked about and we've seen that she's a capable mother. No one's doubted that. No one's talked about that as a whole. And just because she had a crisis moment doesn't mean she lives in constant crisis. So that needs to be considered as well. And even for the state of Georgia, or the little that I know or the little that I've dealt with when it uh, comes to uh, declaring someone incompetent, it takes a lot. It takes mm -hmm. a lot. And what she did, sure, she had a moment of crisis. Sure, that would have been a typical 72-hour hold, maybe some uh, uh, rehabilitation, going into a treatment center, crisis center, all of that, maybe. But for this long amount of years, it seems like a power play. If, I mean, again, we're definitely on the outside. We don't know the ins and outs. We don't know what the courts are seeing. But this has gone beyond, like, the amount of money that's a part of this conversation, that's concerning. Yeah, and the, I think the fact that all of her, well, I don't know all, but a lot of her family members have come out and said, like, she's been wanting to get out of this. I think she should get out of this. Um, and they don't really have contact with the father. And that is, like, that it is men that are controlling this situation. adds like, a whole other gross layer of it to me. Right. As well as the fact that the mere fact that he came out, Jamie Spears, the father's put like put it into court that he has nothing to do with this and wanted his name removed. But yet he's still on the conservatorship and that's what got denied the, to take him off. There's mm -hmm. something this doesn't match. Right. <laughs> How are you going to be like, I didn't have anything to do with this. But the judge is like, but you've been involved and you're going to continue being involved against her will. Which mm -hmm. that's the other part to that. Is we, I think we were all kind of confused. Like she's just asking that it change hands. 
Yeah. Why can't there be an impartial person? I don't. Yeah. Like we said, it's supposed to be someone you agree with. Normally, it is somebody that might be like a guardian type figure, but clearly that's not the case in this situation. Right. (sighs) Then there's definitely a loss of autonomy when they start blaming that she's being manipulated by people. And maybe she is to a certain degree, but she's also a grown woman. It's Mm -hmm. kind of just like, if, if that's her choice to be manipulated, that's her choice to be manipulated. Yeah, there's a lot of infantilizing in this whole conversation, which I guess makes sense, but it's just, yeah, hearing how people talk about it on like either side is kind of, it can be a little uh, eyebrow raising. <laughs> like, hmm. Right. And just as the disabled community would say before and, and should be noted, anybody with a mental health issue, anybody with a disability, that does not mean they're not competent. That does right. not mean they're not capable. So I'm not understanding that level of like, oh, okay, there's this, you may have a mental health diagnosis. Unless they are a threat to harm themselves or others, there's no need for that. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, I'm very, very confused. Definitely, we need to talk about therapy, that all these, but this goes further reaching. And again, yeah, it implies yeah. that having some type of mental health issue or some type of disability means you can't care for yourself, which is insulting, and yeah. very, 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 very ableist. Yeah. Again. Um, and for girls around the world, they are born into male guardianship or conservatorship. We know this. We've talked about this even with the purity episode just recently, uh, mm-hmm. preventing women from having control over their own lives and what their lives represent or how they represent the family, maybe. Mm-hmm. A 2010 study documented hundreds of cases of abuse with conservatorships over a period of 20 years. And I think we've seen that with the how many kids have come out bankrupt because of their parents Hmm. Mm -hmm. and conservators. And a study out of 2012 looked into 21 cases of financial exploitation in Minnesota, revealing most of the conservators were family members mm -hmm, and most of the victims were women. And yeah, that's exactly part of when we talked about the financial abuse, uh, financial Mm -hmm. uh, control that men have over women in domestic violence situations, it's number one. Um, And people in these situations have spoken about how painful it is to be told you can't be trusted with your own money. The lack of control and fear they experience. Not to say that these situations are all bad, but there are a lot of room for abuse and obviously abuse of power. And that abuse seems to be disproportionately impacting women. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of the lawyers, and I have to say some of the articles that have come out from lawyers, especially male lawyers, have still rankled me. Because they're still talking about it like, I don't know why Britney Spears is being so emotional. No one's going to trust her court. I'm like, Ugh. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of lawyers have said, um, you know, any system has room for abuse. But this situation and these numbers are showing that it's not just like a small problem. <laughs> like there's a, there's a larger issue right. here if, if the numbers are this big. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly something that we're going to continue to to look into um, and shine a light on. In the meantime, listeners, if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Steph I Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Steph I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 